Welcome. And wow, I am so glad that you are here today. Why? Because there is something that we are going to be discussing on the Relaunch Podcast Show that you may have been starting to think about in your own life. And it might be percolating up even today, but you don't know how to fully embrace it. You don't know how to go from old way of thinking to new way of thinking. And today I am thrilled to be talking to Danielle Rama Hoffman. She is a four-time best-selling author, international channel, and legacy work coach to thousands around the world. She is the co-creator with her business partner and guide, Thoth, of the Magdalene Manifestation Cards, which is a 44-card deck and guidebook set that actually helps you daily. The Multi-D Abundance Method, the Divine Light Activation, and the Ascended Master Academy are all incredible things that she has created. She specifically helps with leading coaches, healers, mentors, and spiritual teachers to embody their divine self. I call it highest self and create their unique legacy body of work through books, programs, and in your business. With Source, and here's the greatest part, she's bringing in that Source, whatever that will be for you, to add 50000 to your bottom line anytime you shoes. So I have to say, so fun. I love conversations like this where we take you out of your comfort zone. And that's exactly what I'm going to be doing with Danielle today. You're listening to The Relaunch Podcast, and I'm your host, Hilary DeCesar, best-selling author, speaker, and transformational coach widely recognized in the worlds of neuropsychology and business launches, which cultivated the one and only 3HQ method, helping midlife women, yep, that's me too, rebuild a life of purpose, possibility, and inspiring business ventures. Each week, we'll be diving into the stories that brought upon the most inspirational relaunches while sharing the methods and the secrets that they learned along the way so that you too can have not just an ordinary relaunch, but an extraordinary relaunch. Welcome to the show, Danielle. So great to have you. Thank you. So happy to be here. Hello, everyone. And you're actually right now in the south of France, which is one of my absolute favorite places. And we're going to talk about how life brought you there as well. So what I always like to do is for people that you know aren't necessarily familiar with your relaunch journey, I want to start there with who you, you know, where were you when this moment of, oh my gosh, I'm on the wrong path. I need to make a change. When did all that happen? So please share with us your relaunch story. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, well, for me, I really started in my early 20s as a healing practitioner, massage therapist, counselor, Reiki teacher. And my relaunch journey really started where I really got this sense of like, shifting from teaching and practicing my mentor's modalities, which were known and tested, and really feeling the call to bring in my unique bodies of work and to relaunch my business based on those unique bodies of work that weren't known and tested. And that was really an incredible moment where I was so grateful for the success that I'd created. And yet I really knew that there was something inside me that was ready to to relaunch, to emerge, to bubble up and to be brought forth into the world in that very unique way, of course, on the foundation of all the education and training and experience that I had built, yet transformed, alchemized into something that was new. So that's a nutshell of my relaunch journey. Well, and you know what's so fascinating, Danielle? I often say, who knew Woo could be so good for you? And when you think about, <laughs> yeah, you did, you had it. I was one of those that I just kept pushing down anything that wasn't logic-based, head-based. My whole, my whole process framework is around 3HQ, head, heart, highest self. Get out of your head, into your heart, so you can tap into that highest self. And yet, so many of us, have this kind of intuitive, like, ah, there might be something more that I could be doing, bringing into my business that is not just logically based, right? Because we've all taken those courses. We've all seen step one to 10, do this, and you will be successful. And what happens? Everyone is not successful, right? There's always the, the outliers that, hey, they had that one success. But for a majority of us, that's not what happens. So you and I've, I've read all about you and I was so fascinated because you had very successful businesses and all of a sudden you opened up to getting into your heart, getting into and allowing the highest self, this best version of you, this, this spiritual side come in. How did that happen? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I love what you shared about like who knew Woo could be so profound. Good for, go for you. Good for you. It is. It's crazy. Yeah, because, yeah, you know, I totally get that. And as kind of a hybrid of being very high achieving, motivated, like let's get stuff done. And then also Woo and intuitive and really being able to merge those two, what is and continues to be just so essential in a lot of what I help uh, clients with as well, because often whether it's the head or the heart and the higher self, usually there is some kind of a, there's two sides of us. And so the logical brain, the the high achiever goes, Ooh, if I really lean into this intuition, am I gonna just jump off the cliff? Like, where is it going? And yet often we've gone as far as we can with the logical mind. So I just really wanted to underscore what you shared there and that I see it on both sides. 
for those that are already woo to really embrace the physical, tangible, like the, you have to do these things to to be in a professional business. Not like you have to do these things, but these are the part of having a physical tangible business that's viable. And then also the other side of those that have built success and then they're starting to embrace more of that woo. And I really carry both of those as I I know you do as well to be grounded and on the physical plane as well as being tapped into that higher self. So back to your original question, like where did it start and and when did it happen? You know, I feel like for me, it was a series of breadcrumbs of like following the yes and coming to that place where I I just, I've always been so committed to how can I really contribute at the highest level? Like, how can I really assist others in their own leading themselves to change their lives? And I felt like with the modalities that I had as I started you know, in counseling and talking, like that got to a certain point, but it wasn't including everything. The same with the body work or the energy work. So for me, it really was coming from that place of, yes, folks are getting results. And yet I sense there's more that if all this was integrated and there was even more of that higher self that was followed, then that would become possible. So of course, my energy work training and all of that kind of was my first reintroduction in this lifetime, I would say, to working with guides or the non-physical energy, the higher planes, uh, however each of you may qualify that because maybe it's nature, maybe it's your gut feeling, maybe it is the higher self, maybe it's the intuition uh, that we all have that. And yet, it's unique to us and how we might talk about it as well is for me important that we all have our own framework around that. Well, you know, what's great that you just said is that we all have it. Let's just talk intuition. And there are so many people that don't want to trust their intuition. What is it about, how do you describe intuition first off And how do you help someone really harness their own intuition? Mm -hmm. I like to speak about intuition that we all have like signature signals and signature like unique to us. Like we all have these signals that are guiding us along the way, that inner compass. And again, depending if we're more visual or we're more kinesthetic or we're more, uh, even in the thinking mind, those signature signals are going to come to us in the ways that are the most uh, aligned for us. And there's often a trajectory. So I started off very visual when I first started tuning into my intuition, where I would see almost like little movies in my mind. And then, you know, if And then it went into more kinesthetic where I just would feel like my body leaning into something if it was a yes or my body leaning out if it was a no. And then, you know, it evolved to where it became more auditory and that I was really receiving guidance. Of course, discerning where's the guidance coming from is is a deeper conversation. So to me, that intuition, how I would define it is really our inner knowing and then the way that we navigate it and access it is going to be unique to each of us. And sometimes even 
to the moment, like whatever's going to be the most efficient way to get our attention. And something that I often see is that a lot of individuals like bulldoze over their intuition and, and then what starts to happen is like the things happen in our lives where things get louder and louder and louder and louder. And I think that's probably the precipice for a lot of relaunches where there's some disconnect and something's not working. And then we try to look at, well, why, why isn't it working? Maybe that's clients have gone away or uh, there's a lack of fulfillment or somebody may have a physical uh, health issue that's kind of getting the attention. So I feel like the in, the intuition starts softer, like a, a subtle, a nice whisper, and then depending on uh, whether we're we're paying attention, it can get louder and louder and louder and louder. Not in a punishment kind of a way, but just in a like, here here it is. Are you choosing to listen or not? Well, I remember when I was at Oracle and I was. Uh at high-tech Oracle for about almost 10 years. And I would have these like, and the way I have it where I know I'm onto something is I kinesthetically, like I get this, the chills just literally like shoot down, not just my arms, but my whole body. So I'll be like, ah, intuition, I got, I got you. But during the time I was at Oracle, I remember these, it, I would have the same things happen. And I'd be like, uh-uh, I cannot... I cannot say to somebody who's asking me what is, you know, what's my forecast? How much revenue am I going to bring in? And they ask me, you know, well, how do you know that? You know, what what steps are you doing? And I say, well, I just have this like feeling. I just had these tingles go from my head to my toe. So I just kept pushing, pushing them down, pushing down. Don't want to, don't want to even think about that. And I know a lot of people have the same thing that, we're not, we're, we're so accustomed to the world that we grew up in that trusting intuition was not seen as something that we should necessarily be doing, right? It's come on, logic-based, IQ-based, steps, procedures, systems, so important. But yet, where are you seeing people as they start to think about, all right, I'm going to give this whole intuition a try. I'm going to start to lean more into it. What can people do to begin that process of building up their intuition? And do you think it's like a muscle or what, how do you, how do you really like say this is what that is? Mm -hmm. Well, I come from the basis and you named it already that we all have it. And, and that really just demystifies it because like I'm a channel, I'm on the spectrum, right? Like I've, I have a lot of years of experience. I've, I've cultivated it. And yet there's nothing special about me in the sense that I believe there's plenty of things special about me, but in the sense of like, everybody has it, right? We all have it in our own way. And so I think that's kind of step one, like demystifying that, that you, you have your intuition and, and then knowing that you have it, I, I do like to kind of slow it down a little bit because Sometimes individuals aren't choosing to receive their guidance because then there's like that, oh, I've got to implement it. So I like to slow it down and say, okay, number one, you have it. Number two, receiving it is its own step. And then number three, you get to choose to implement it or not. Because a lot of times what I see with folks that are overriding or ignoring 
Is there that like, oh, this intuition is going to blow up my whole life or I'm going to have to implement it? Well, you still get to discern. You, you, you get to choose whether you're going to go that path or not or how fast you're going to go on that path or not. So I think that can just calm the nervous system down, demystify the whole process, and then can really have the space to receive. So I like to liken it to breathing, that we inhale, we have the breath, and we circulate the breath. And so we can receive the intuition, have the intuition, discern it, and then exhale, choose to implement it out into the world. And that it it really can be as natural as that. So in terms of how somebody can cultivate their intuition, it's starting to pay attention to those signature signals. Like you talked about goosebumps. Mm -hmm. I know some people uh, will get like truth tears, like when they hear truth from somebody else or they have those moments of truth, it it's not sadness. It's really like truth tears that they're in the presence of that of that truth. So I feel like in some ways, and I shared it already, the simplest place to start may be identifying like a yes or a no. And to me again, like I I lean in when it's a yes, my body, or I lean out when it's a no. And you hinted at it earlier too, I can imagine like when you were at Oracle and you knew it was time to relaunch, like maybe driving in or like when we're when we're not on the right path, there's usually some or a cycle's completed. There's usually some indication where it may also show up as like heavy. There's there's a heaviness. Like, oh, if I keep, you know, I was a business owner of a massage school, my first business that I had. And I just like if I just like kept going in and teaching massage, it just felt heavy. Uh, and so I know we're talking a lot about business moves, but even like moving to France, I could have stayed in Seattle and on the path that I was on and it was very successful and all of that. Yet there were, it just started to, there, there was like a heaviness and, and moving into the other path was lighter. So just to kind of summarize that, because I know I, I fire hose there, <laughs> you know, like step one is we all have our intuition. Step two is you can relax and receive it. Step three is then you can choose to implement implement it or not. And then kind of the really underneath step two of how you receive it is that is starting to pay attention to your signature signals. And those signature signals may come in terms of like heavy light, yes, no, goosebumps, truth tears, for me, a lot of times my muse would come in the middle of the night, like I'd wake up and just know something. I think it's harder for the the those that know. Like it, I know we're talking a little bit about and the woo language, like clairsentience, the kinesthetic, clairvoyance, seeing, clairaudience, hearing, but the claircognizance, knowing, I find that the knowers in the world have the hardest time when you're starting to listen to what you know. Because it's like, you don't know, you don't know, you don't know, you don't know, you don't know. And then all of a sudden, you know. So that part of not knowing can seem like nothing's going on, but there's a lot going on. You know what I find fascinating about what you just said? I remember pushing it down, pushing it down, like, okay, I'm not going there. I'm not going there. And 
like you said in the steps where you have the discernment to say, I'm going to, I'm go, I'm leaning into this or not. And I kept not, but the universe kept giving me more and more and the heaviness. I remember I was at literally the top of my career and had just had like the greatest thing that I could have ever wanted. And it felt like lackluster. It was just like, like, I just, I'm like, what is wrong with me? And I literally thought, what is wrong with me? Why is this happening? Now, hindsight, silver linings, I can look back and say, oh my gosh, that was my highest self kind of directing me to move on. As you said, going from Seattle to France, I had that moment of, I, I got to get out of corporate. I got to get out of here. I need to be an entrepreneur. I need to move forward. I have more that I want to bring to the world. But there was a moment where I had a couple missteps and I thought, oh my God, my intuition is so wrong, so wrong. And how do you, before I give what happened, how do you let people know is your intuition ever really wrong? Yeah, I'm so happy that you're bringing this up because I see that a lot where it's kind of like, what are the, the limiting beliefs or like what monkey mind thoughts start mm -hmm. to come up? So there's a like, I'm making this up. Uh, and then there is a lot of the underneath that, like, am I going to lose love? Are individuals going to think I'm crazy? You know, just those kinds of survival patterns when we when we start to make a move and that there can also be a misidentification when those slower vibrational thoughts or feelings or sensations come up so i like to liken it to a pond like there's all the gook on the bottom that's moving at a slower vibration and as you as you're on your path or you're moving forward or you're like that childhood game going colder 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 and then you're going warmer 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 like when you're in that warmer 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 part going to hot 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 Sometimes the gook from the bottom of the pond comes up and it's really a part of the, the cleansing process of the pond. But a lot of us will look at that gook and say, oh, I'm not on the right path. Like for me, for example, I, I had this, like every time I would lead an amazing workshop or a retreat or there'd be this expansion and increased visibility, on the heels of that, I had this contraction. And it felt like I was doing something wrong. And so I could have misidentified being more visible, leading in a larger way at following the intuition as wrong because that more, what I'm going to say, slower vibration was coming to the surface. The gook at the bottom of the pond was coming to the surface. So Sometimes I like to invite people now, this is where discernment comes in because it's not the same thing every time, but to really tune in and say, well, maybe what you would consider being an indication that you're going colder, colder, colder is actually an indication that you're getting warmer, 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 that that feeling like you're doing something wrong or the contraction or, you know, on, on the physical plane often, because we're really talking about leaving something that's working well. Like you left things that were working well. I left things that are working well. Usually when we're relaunching and there is this 
you know, high performer, high achiever energy, it takes a lot of courage to leave what's already going well to go into the unknown. And, and that's where all the thoughts go. Like, am I on the right path? Am I crazy? It's lackluster. I, I'm at the, the why. And, and to really open the space for the extraordinary, to open the space to the highest contribution that we're here to make, it, it takes a lot of a courage. And yet there are those uh, paths along the way. So I would just say, keep going. It's not an indication that you're on the wrong path. And, you know, for me too, when I left things, it was like, right as I was leaving those things, they got even better. <laughs> and, and that can be confusing because that go- is very confusing. And that's why, like you said, it's courage. It does take courage to realize that you're on the wrong path. Like this is not ultimately right, but we, money comes in, you're like, oh, but this is so good. How do I leave something like this? But it's when you can go through that comfort zone, right? And they always talk about growth comes when you're pushing the edge of your comfort zone. And for some that are listening to this, you know, I ended up completely stepping out. Like I, I gave it up, but I had, I had, you, you call guides. I had mentors that were kind of like, you know, pushing along with me. Like I would go to them, what do you think? And yeah, I think you should try it. You do? Like, are you crazy? You would do this? And so you end up when you're open, the right people, the right guides, the right coaches come to you. But you took, you take that to even higher level in that you mentioned it earlier about guides. Can you walk us through from a spiritual perspective, what, what are guides? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yes. And I really am a proponent of having mentors, having guides that we can talk to in the physical plane that we don't have to, like, am I hearing the message right? Like it's, it's really a beautiful combo platter uh, as well that especially as we're mentors, I'm a firm believer of having mentors. And, and so that's a great foundation to talk about guides. And, you know, my first introduction to guides, and I used to be an atheist, right? Which is so funny is now I'm a, or maybe an agnostic, like now now as I'm a spiritual mentor, like my first introduction to guides was really with the Egyptian, Egyptian pantheon. And I think this is a good example because the the gods and goddesses of Egypt really are gods and goddesses of divine qualities. Like Isis is the god and goddess of love, or uh, Thoth is about infinite knowledge, or there can be a, a god or goddess that's about manifesting. So these divine qualities we also have within ourselves. And as we're getting to know our highest self or our divine self, sometimes it can be really... Uh, beneficial and helpful to be tapping into divine qualities in bite-sized pieces. And so whether it's the the knowledge within or a guide like Thoth, or it's the love within or a guide like Isis, to me, that's a way to kind of talk about it in uh, a way that that translates for a, a lot of us. 
And I really like where you're going with this, that you bring it back to gods, right? Because they're there is the god, you know, Isis, and there's, you know, all of these gods that represent manifestation, as you said, represent something that has been going on for thousands of years, right? And so what you're doing is you're helping us realize that the belief systems that we have over time through generations and generations, this goes way back. This is not just something that like in the last 10, 20 years is coming up. That that was really interesting. I hadn't really thought about that from a the gods that that, you know, who was it? Was it um the Greek gods? I think it was the Greek gods that first are known as those initial gods. Is that correct? Mm. I feel like ancient Egypt was probably first, but oh, ancient the- Egypt. Okay. Got it. And, yeah. would, and that would be where you said the God, the one that you follow is the one that you mentioned in your bio, which is that you became, you realized that your guide was, it started with a T. It was like Thoth. That's what I read. And yeah. So- or, or Mercury in the Greek God. So the yep. like messenger knowledge you so know you're the, tapping into gods that we have heard about that you're reading or did they or did they just come to you that mm-hmm. you'd be like oh wow thoth is is my guide how did you how did you know which one of all these different gods that you that were really you were called to or they yeah. were called to you <laughs> Yeah. Well, I feel like there's a, an affinity, a synergy, just like we're called to work with mentors or we have relationships in this lifetime and uh, with other individuals that I I feel like I've been a wisdom keeper and a bringer forth of truth uh, in a lot of different ways. And so just like you have the higher self and the head and the heart, mm-hmm. you know, really when I first started working with guides, it was on that path of wisdom. And, and then as I, as that continued on over the decades, like I, I feel like, and a lot of us get to this point where we've taken either our logical mind or even higher wisdom as far as we can, yet it remains spiritual concepts or, or thoughts until we can embody it. And so when I look at my path, it very much started with the higher energy, the higher chakras or the path of wisdom. And then it descended into the heart. And it was like, and I see this a lot with our clients too, your logical mind or your wisdom is only going to get you that so far. And it's time to really open the heart and to tap into more love. And so that's where I also felt like my guides started evolving and changing where I was working more with the Magdalene's and the energy of love. Mm. to embody that head heart and then creation like ultimately I love creating and I feel like we're creator beings and so in order to create it's got to go from concepts all the way down into into something we can hold and and touch uh so that was kind of my journey and yet for each of us we have an affinity 
uh, where it's natural, where we start with, and that the one, the oneness, uh, however anyone calls God, goddess, great spirit, all that there is, infinite oneness, that again, the concept of the Egyptian pantheon or the gods or goddesses is that there are these qualities that we embody and that we master, that we have as our unique divine geniuses. So that's kind of, you know, how it started was that I was introduced by one of my energy healing mentors to, to Tov, to Egypt. And then I went to Egypt and started taking tours to Egypt. So my entry point also had a lot to do, to do with Egypt. And yet for somebody else, it may be nature and the elements of earth and air and water and fire, or it may be again, like getting to the end of the rope of the logical mind that then has us open to our, to our hearts and to love. So you've taken this even to the next level and created a 44 card deck for those that don't use decks how could they use your deck? What, what? How do you use it to help you, even in your business? How could you use a card deck like the one you created? Yeah, well, the the card deck is is different, right? So let's say somebody does use decks and they're used to oracle decks, where you use a card deck to to get follow your intuition or to get guidance from the card deck. And this deck is really a manifestation deck. And so, uh, you know, I, I really, I see a lot of, a lot of my colleagues and my clients that they're using it with their clients, because what we're up to is trying, is bringing idea, inspiration into form and that capacity to manifest, to actualize, to physicalize. It's, it's very much related to our capacity to fulfill our highest mission while being resourced. Like I'm so passionate about that because there are so many healers, practitioners, teachers, and I was one of them before my relaunch where I didn't have the time or the energy or the team or the money uh, to really fulfill the mission that I was here for because we need resources. So we're all on a path of of realization or actualization or manifestation or, or physicalization of bringing idea into form. And so to, to use the card deck, because they really are like 44 codes and there are different exercises as well that we can apply. Like I just will pull it. Like I'll pull it before I have a podcast. I'll pull a card before I work with clients. And then that's like an energy that's supporting me through the day. And then also really assisting a, a direction as we're talking about intuition as well. Like today I pulled a uh, confident creator. So your creations have a divine design, hold the line of sight of positive expectations to make them inevitable. So maybe I'm on the path of manifesting something and I don't see it yet. Mm. And yet I pull that card and, and then it's holding like an, a, an energy space in the physical plane while that process of going from higher vibration into slower vibration, not lower or higher, but from faster into, into, into slower, because that's really the disc there. That's the part, right? Where something stays as an idea or it comes into form. So the card also helps to kind of hold an energy space for it to cross the threshold into physical form. I yeah. think that that says so much there. I like to, I love my cards. I have multiple decks and I will definitely be checking out your deck too. 
I'm like a deck junkie here. But what I love about it is I pull a card every single morning and it's just, what do I need to know today? What do I need? Just like give me something. And what it does is I'll, I'll think about it throughout the day. I'll be like more consciously aware and then be able to have it kind of manifest. And I'll say, oh, there it is. Oh, there it is. That's what. And so I love cards because it just kind of sets my day off on a really a positive way to be looking at the day versus just letting the day just come to you. I'm proactively like trying to find, like, where am I going to see this? Where am I? And that's what your brain, right? That's what it delivers, reticular activation system. It's going to give you what you are looking for. Such an incredible, incredible way to, you know, use the decks, I think. So unfortunately, it's already like our time's up. And I can't even believe that because I have about a hundred more questions <laughs> and I didn't even get to ask some of the really juicy ones. But where can people find you and really become a part of your world? Yes, yes. Well, I just want to add one more thing about this particular deck is that. This deck helps us to receive more without doing more, which is so helpful for us, especially that are already in action and we are, we do all the do. And so this deck works really well to pull a card before you go to bed and then you're marinating in the energies and you wake up and then the ahas and, and you see it. So yeah, it's a, it's a different way to, to pull, pull a card to kind of set your day the night before. I have never done that. I've never pulled a card at night. I love that. Yeah. And then I just put on the nightstand and then you're, so you're good. good. Yeah. Yeah. So folks can find me at daniellehoffman.com. And uh, yeah, that's really the best place to join the community. I also, yeah, have a podcast, the Seven Figure Spiritual Leader podcast and all places podcasting at daniellehoffman.com is really the, the place to go. Well, any last words that are coming through your guides that you need to share with our audience? Mm. Mm. Yeah, really the, the integration of head, heart, higher self, the integration of uh, wisdom and heart into oneness, the, the, the courage to bring together perhaps what seems like two sides of you because they're really oneness. So if you have two sides of you that seem to be in a paradox with one another, just know that those are like really important clues to, to living and expressing your highest contribution in the, in this lifetime, in this form. So that's, what's coming to me to share that whatever we're in inner conflict with, or seemingly there's a competing commitment. It's a part of what we're here to do. And Danielle, it has been so great talking to you. Everyone, you know, it's your journey. And when you find that you have something today intrigued you, like, huh, my attitude when I was at Oracle was, all right, you know, I'm so in my head that I wasn't willing to open myself up because I felt that there was some craziness about it. Like I must be crazy if I'm, if I'm leaning into my intuition. 
But in today's world, I got to tell you, the people that hit the six-figure, seven-figure, eight-figure in your business and have sustainable happiness around the business are ones that are incorporating the head, the heart, the highest self, not the mm-hmm. ones that are entirely just focused in one, as you said, modality, but opening yourself up. So today, go reach out to Danielle, get the cards, do what I'm going to be doing, which is pull a card at night and let us know. Give us, you know, a shout out, go to the, go to our, our Instagram, go to Facebook, let us know how this resonated. Say, I'm going to do this micro action. I'm going to take this first action. And again, what we always are really going for is you got to be able to live now, love now, and be able to relaunch now into that next best version of you. Everyone take care and we will be back next week. You've just heard another episode of the Relaunch Podcast. If something shared in this episode resonated with you, please head over to iTunes right now and leave us a five-star review and share this episode with others to inspire them to take the small steps that lead to a life full of purpose and possibility. And remember, you can have immediate access to the show notes and any giveaways at therelaunchco.com backslash podcast. Until next week, now is your time to relaunch your transition into a transformation.